Alrighty, welcome back to the Doula Unfiltered podcast. My name's Ava. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm your other host. My name is Kellen. We're so excited to be back. We It's been a long time. It really has. It's we, been a minute. We always say we're going to do this consistently, and then... <laughs> we never do. That's okay, Life though. happens, yeah. but we're still here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alrighty, well, I'm super excited about... What we're going to talk about today, because Kellen and I were sharing some birth stories Mm -hmm. before this, and we're like, hey, let's just do a whole episode on this, um, because I think it's really useful. That's, I mean, the useful stuff's what we want to share with you guys. Right. So. And this is useful for if you're having your own baby. This is great. These are great tips. These are also great tips that you can take to your birth clients, um, and just things to have in the back of your mind as you support moms as they're birthing. In your training or mentorship or really anytime you're talking to other doulas or learning more, these are things that you're going to hear, but there's going to be a lot of things you hear and it's like, oh, this is really effective. No, this works better. Mm -hmm. All sorts of stuff like that. Well, these are the top three things that Kellen and I, I just over time have really found to be incredibly effective uh, with our own clients, some Kellen with herself. yeah, so let's go ahead and jump in. Our first like disclaimer, I guess, of this episode is that we know that all birth looks differently, looks differently, looks different, <laughs> and uh, not every birth is going to be a natural birth, not every birth is going to be an epidural birth. Um, you're going to have all sorts of things that happen, mm-hmm. and honestly, all three of the, these things can be helpful in any kind of birth there's no like this is not specific to just natural birth right you can implement these things no matter what type of birth you're planning yes what the situation is um and honestly even like even with the c-section if you're planning a c-section these are still things that you can use yep i guess we'll start with pregnancy Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of a beforehand thing sometimes we don't always have control over this with our own clients but if you yourself are pregnant um you do and that big one that you'll hear I think everybody say but if you are able to be active during your pregnancy yeah exercise um and that doesn't necessarily mean you need to be like cycling 10 miles a day but getting up and walking is fantastic nice long walks um if your body can handle it prenatal yoga is fantastic it's amazing yeah um I will preach that, but I also teach yoga, so I guess that helps. Yeah. Um, a little bias. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yoga, walking. And even if you stop there, even if that's the yep. extent of the exercise that you do during pregnancy, that is so beneficial. There are so many clients that are either having you know acid reflux or hip pain or sciatic pain or pubic symphysis discomfort or... What are any of these ailments, um, you know, or discomforts that you might experience in pregnancy? And every single time I will ask them, how much are you exercising? What are you doing? What does your, what does your daily exercise look like for the people that are doing something, whether it's going for a walk in the evenings or the mornings, it can be hard when it's in the summertime because you don't want to get so exhausted. Um, But in the mornings or evenings, go on a walk or do some intentional stretching. Go to a yoga class or just watch yoga, um, watch a yoga class on YouTube, something like that. There's so many free resources. There really are. Every single time that I recommend those things to my clients that are having discomfort, 
they will text me and be like, okay, you're right. I feel a lot better. You know, like my acid reflux has gotten a lot better. I'm sleeping better. My mood is a little bit more stabilized. My pubic symphysis pain isn't as bad. So it really does help. It really does work. You don't have to sign up for an expensive prenatal yoga class or prenatal fitness class. Google it on YouTube Mm -hmm. and find something Mm -hmm. that you enjoy doing uh, and stick with that. If, if that's what you like, if, that was, if that's what's working for your body, stick with that. Just any kind of movement is going to be really good. The one thing that Kellen and I have noticed with exercise is that sometimes running can put a lot of stress on your body, which sometimes when you're, you know, seven, eight, nine months pregnant, you don't really want to go for a run anyway. But sometimes running can make your pelvic floor really, really tight. Mm-hmm. So if you are a runner... Um, Make sure that you're also doing work to um, make sure your pelvic floor is ready for labor Mm -hmm. because you may be in like incredible shape from being active and running all the time, which is awesome. Kudos to you. But then when you end up in labor, sometimes those pelvic floor muscles are just really tight and really strong and kind of the opposite effect, but that goes both ways. Just like your pelvic floor can be um, not super strong, it can sometimes be too strong. I know I... I did gymnastics growing up and my pelvic floor is so tight. And even as someone who hasn't had babies, that's something that I do pelvic floor therapies for Mm -hmm. because I know not just in labor, but in all aspects of life, like that's Mm -hmm. something that needs to be really healthy and well conditioned. Right. And balanced. Um, that's great. So swimming is also another, a really great exercise to do when you're pregnant because, um, you're not necessarily strengthening those pelvic floor muscles. You're not necessarily holding your baby in your body as you're swimming, but you can get a really good workout still. So if you are someone who's really competitive and you really like to get your heart rate up and um, you like it to be challenged, you like to be challenged, try to find a place to swim. You know, I mean, summer months, it's a little bit easier because there's open public pools and things like that. But if you can be, uh, if you have access to a gym that has a pool, that can be really helpful. And even if you're not like super competitive and you just still want to go for a swim, being in the water mm-hmm. is, oh, especially in the summer if you're super pregnant, can just be so relaxing. Take some of that pressure off your belly. The it's same, the, the same reason that being in a tub during labor uh, feels really nice. Yep. Being in a pool when you're pregnant will feel really nice. Yep. So yeah. So our first tip is to stay active in pregnancy and be mindful that you have a well-balanced active lifestyle um okay so our second tip is when you're in labor making sure that you are changing positions Mm -hmm. so as a doula this is something that you have a lot of knowledge on and that's something that you will really want to share and encourage your clients with personally and I think Kellen does too like we do a lot of work beforehand I mean Mm -hmm. I kind of break down my prenatals but one of my prenatals is entirely on comfort measures, Mm -hmm. um, laboring positions, and pushing positions. Mm -hmm. It's great because even the silly ones, well, I say silly, but ones like standing and swaying with your partner, it is so good to practice those in advance. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many times we go to practice that and they're like, oh, I didn't realize this was going to feel really awkward. Right. And then when they are in labor, she automatically knows what to do, where to lean on her partner. Mm-hmm. And it kind of gets both of them in the groove and connected. So it's not as weird when labor does get there, especially for first-time parents. Right, exactly. Same. So 
I have that same experience when teaching this a slow dancing position. There's a lot of laughs, there's a lot of eye rolling, a lot of like, okay, whatever, we get it. But it is really important to practice before you're in labor so that when you are laboring, it's you know how it should yeah, feel. It's second nature. Yeah, second nature. Same with sacral pressure, counter pressure, and hip squeezes. Oh, yes. Sounds really easy. Sounds like, okay, yeah, I just put pressure on, on their sacrum or on their hips. But learning those things beforehand and practicing them beforehand will be so beneficial when it actually comes to needing to use those things during labor. So practicing changing positions at home is so important with, with their partner, not just the birthing woman, but with her partner as well so that they're clued in on what's going on and what might be helpful. And then let's talk a little bit about why changing positions is so important and then how that can look in different scenarios Mm -hmm. so changing positions is great because we're hopefully keeping gravity on our side yep um we're not getting exhausted in one position you're not you know side lying on one side for you know a couple of hours Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you have a cervical lip on one side and you're like oh why did that happen well you haven't moved which you know sometimes that happens but Mm -hmm. moving can really just help progress labor very quickly Mm -hmm. um it can help keep baby in a good position especially anytime like with my clients a lot um i'll do i call it the captain morgan i don't know what you call it um but just having their foot um elevated kind of their knee at like a right angle pushing into that leaning into that through contraction leaning on their partner is really helpful and then making sure that anytime you do it on one side I usually say let's do three contractions on your right side and then let's switch it up and let's do three contractions on your left side mm-hmm. sometimes they want to switch in between like that's great too just making sure that you're evening out anything that you're doing um so that as baby descends it's descending evenly um right Changing positions can also really help with fetal positioning. So it's not just you getting in a comfortable position and switching it up for you, but it's also we're switching it up for baby. So we're just helping the baby find the easiest way out, the easiest way down and out. And so you might notice that certain positions feel more effective than others. Keep note of that. And if you have, well, I guess, you know, so as a doula, all we can do is offer these suggestions. <laughs> sometimes They're our clients are going to want to take them. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> our clients don't want to take them. So the more that you can prep them before birth will be so helpful. Um, I provide a comfort measures checklist to my clients before they go into labor, usually at the at the postpartum visit right before they're expecting to have their baby. And it's a list of probably, I don't know, I'd say 15 things, and it's broken up in categories, but it's just something for the primary birth partner to have um, that encourages position change when I, as their doula, might not be there. These are all still things that I'll do when I show up, but it's it's just sort of written down in a concise way as a checklist uh, for the partner to be able to offer position change ideas keep track of what they've done, what they haven't done, what they haven't tried yet, what really felt like was effective. Give them little circuits, Uh all sorts of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Changing positions every 20 to 30 minutes is what I really lean on. Yes, and like we were saying, all of these things 
you can do um, in a hospital setting, in a mm-hmm. birth center, um, in a home birth. It really doesn't matter. There's certain things that'll be a little bit easier in each of these locations. And that just depends. Use what works best in whatever setting you're in. Being in a hospital and using some of these tools for natural birth is great. Our hospital beds that we have in our area, they drop out on the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's like two different levels. There's a squat bar. Yeah. I genuinely, I think the my most used position because of that is when the bottom half of the bed is lower than the top half and they're essentially on hands and knees but it's a just adds a little extra support because it's a little bit higher they're not quite like leaning forward so take advantage of those things and on that note if you're in a hospital setting with an epidural you can still change positions it's almost more important to change positions regularly when you have an epidural obviously if it's late in labor and you're getting an epidural to get relief yeah like get in a comfortable position on your side or some kind of supported sideline position sleep for however long you can yeah use a peanut ball get some rest but it's so important with an epidural to continue changing positions because you don't have the urge to When you don't have pain medicine, you kind of have the urge to get up and move around and find a different position that feels better during contractions. But when you don't have that sensation, you can really forget and really space out and spend a lot of time on your back. And that is not great for baby. Yeah. And then as a doula, in those times where your client might have an epidural, it's so important for you to remind them of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And you don't need to be pushy with it. Like, I'll you know say that until I, the day I die with all doula work things. You don't need to be pushy, but light encouragement like, hey, we can try this thing and see how that goes. Um, hey, it might be time for you to roll over your other side. Just little cues like that. And if you do the prep work, they're going to be able to recognize those and be like, oh yeah, you're so right. We talked about this. Awesome. Let's do it. So that's our second thing. Make sure that you're changing positions. Okay. The third thing that we sort of came up with when we thought about the births that we've attended that seem to to kind of have this thing in common is meditation and even hypnosis. <laughs> I am hesitant to put all my eggs in the hypnosis basket because I understand how ridiculous it sounds, but it really is so important to learn and practice being mindful before you go into labor. It doesn't matter. We've talked about this too. It doesn't matter what kind of pain tolerance you think you have, whether you think you have a low pain tolerance or a high pain tolerance. That stuff is great, whatever. I don't care. There is nothing, there's no experience that you can experience like childbirth. And so nothing's going to prepare you. Nothing really will prepare you for what it feels like for a baby to descend into your pelvis. So having that mental exercise, having the mental strength, to stay focused um, and stay calm and stay present and stay with your breath is so important. And it's not, if you've ever tried to practice hypnosis or well, I guess hypnosis or meditation or mindfulness or anything, you know that it doesn't just happen. It takes practice. It takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really where we, when we talk about hypnosis, it's sinking in to a deep level of concentration through guided meditation essentially birth is birth is a mind game it totally it's endurance and you like Helen keeps saying you may think that you have a crazy high pain tolerance and that's awesome it is not 
a matter of how much of a pain tolerance you have because you have no idea how your body is going to interpret contractions Mm -hmm. it really is more about how anxious do i feel about this Mm -hmm. do i feel prepared do i feel safe do i feel safe it's a big one and i know so we've been talking a little bit about hypnobirth and i know my mom did hypnobirthing with me when that was a thing that was like just starting was like a brand new thing and everybody was like you're crazy and then she did it but yes preparing on the front end prepare while you're still in pregnancy yes and there are so hypno babies and hypno birthing are probably the two biggest hypnosis like childbirth hypnosis organizations and resources and there's some free resources from hypno birthing and hypno babies there are um, and they're even on Spotify, you can kind of look up birthing meditations, pregnancy meditations, pregnancy hypnosis, see what you find, test it out. If you like it, great. If you don't, whatever, throw it out. But those are great things to really put in your client's ear, even if they think it's silly and obviously gauge where they're at. Like if they are really uncomfortable with the idea of hypnosis, don't call it hypnosis, <laughs> call it mindfulness or something like that, you yeah. know, because it doesn't really, the details don't really matter. The point is that you're getting your mind prepared for childbirth. Yes. And at the root of it, it's trusting your body. It's mm-hmm. putting yourself in a space where you know that your body can do this. Your body was made for this. Mm-hmm. Both things that I say to my clients like a million times while they're in labor. Mm-hmm. That just helps you walk confidently into your birth. I mean, really, and I was just telling, one of the stories I was telling Kellen was that I had clients that it was their second baby and they just were kind of like, we want you there because I know that I can do this now, but I feel like I can do it better. And ultimately, I really didn't do that much coaching because I gave them the tools that they needed and having me there to like give them little cues and reminders Mm -hmm. was really helpful. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, the biggest thing that I did for them as their doula was put confidence in her body Mm -hmm. and i was like listen Mm -hmm. when you get into labor the best thing you can do is work to control that stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. knowing that this is normal and natural and you are safe Mm -hmm. and they really owned that it's not like the shortest labor i've ever seen and it's not the most like miraculous or most beautiful birth i've ever been to or anything like that but still was probably one of my most successful births and they had a positive birth outcome Mm -hmm. they were both so happy with how their birth went and the number one thing that they said was you give us so much confidence in our ability Mm -hmm. to labor and to listen to her body Mm -hmm. and that's i mean that's what i want for all my clients i want them to have that confidence in in their body and for their partner too that's something i've said before i've had nurses reach out to me uh, you know other people reach out to me and they're like what is the number one thing you would tell a birth support person as they're supporting someone in labor and i said uh have confidence and patience yep those are to me the two this is a bonus for you a bonus tip (laughs) um but confidence and confidence in the birthing person that they can do this if it is in their control unless there is some sort of medical anomaly something that you know happens to be out of their control if it's within their control they can do this and then patience. Yes. Patience for the process and reverence for the process. So confidence and patience in your birth clients will go so very far. I feel like those were three really good tips. Mm-hmm. Staying active, changing positions, and um, trusting your body, doing some meditation and mindfulness, mm-hmm. hypnobirthing, all those things. Yeah, that's our best advice, I think. Yeah. 
Um, that's definitely, and, and like Ava sort of mentioned at the beginning of this, you'll go to workshops, you'll read the books, you'll listen to the podcast. Like you'll have so many other resources available to you to help your birthing clients. But these three things are things that I use in every single birth, like with every single client. Yep. Yes. There are some more advanced things, you know, some body balance and whatever, but these three things at the root of it are probably my three biggest tips uh, for doulas. Yeah, I love it. Okay, thanks again for listening. Um, Thank you for sticking with us. We really do have exciting things planned for the future. I know we are like, it's like the constant tease. (laughs) We're gonna do more. We're gonna do The accidental tease. Yeah. We will, Um, we swear. We swear. It's like, this is awesome. This is going to be awesome. So thank you for hanging in there with us. Thank you for listening to this. Um, If you have used these three tips for your birth clients, please let us know how it went. Um, And as always, feel free to reach out to us through our email, through our Instagram, business Instagrams, or doula unfiltered Instagram. Yeah. Shoot us a DM. Um, We love hearing from you all. We really do. Alrighty, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.